Welcome to the Revitalizing Doctor podcast. We interview trailblazers in medicine that embody the revitalized women vision to empower women to innovate and influence medicine to value authenticity, respect, and work-life harmony. We recognize the challenges in medicine, and we're committed to providing coaching-informed strategies to help you go from surviving to thriving. I'm back with part two of our podcast with Drop the Resolution, Inform the Habit, and we're talking with physician coaches, Dr. Morrison, Dr. Kazir, and Dr. Dinsmore from the Whole Physicians. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much for having us. Awesome. And in part one, I would definitely encourage listeners to go back and listen to that. We talk about why resolutions fail and why habits are the better way to go. And we cover some common thought errors. There are many books on habits, and the one I've read most recently is Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's not a recent book, though. It's just one that many people have heard of. So we're going to go through some quotes from that book, and then I know you also have some other books that you'd recommend, so we'll make sure we at least mention those and drop them in the show notes. So one of the quotes I like from Atomic Habits is when scientists analyze people who appear to have tremendous self-control, it turns out those individuals are all that different from those who are struggling. Instead, disciplined people are better at structuring their lives in a way that does not require heroic willpower and self-control. Well, maybe let's start with, and I think this links back to what we were talking about in part one. If you start with the premise that you're not worthy and that you're a crappy person that doesn't get things done, then that's a problem that you can't essentially self-flagellate your way into long-term success. Then let's unpack part two about structuring the environment. But I think we're really trying to get at the root that if you're starting with that you're a crappy person, there's no amount of environmental and hacks. We didn't start this episode about hacks. So I will turn it over to the TWPs to drop some knowledge on us. I would just say that everyone is who they are because of a set of things that have happened. There are very good reasons for why people behave the way they behave, including ourselves. And so if we have habits that we don't like, It does not serve us to hate on ourselves without examining, like, what purpose is it serving? I'll give the example of, like, we're drinking two bottles of wine every night, and we just keep telling ourselves, like, if we are our own nag, we're going to want to drink more wine, not less. Mm -hmm. Like, if we don't look at ourselves and say, okay, look at all this stuff that's happening right now, and look at how clever you're being trying to help yourself survive with this wine. You are being very clever. However, is this what we really want? And if not, let's figure out something together with ourselves in a loving way to choose a different coping mechanism. And we can back down off this very slowly and in a loving way and 
find ways to address what really is the underlying issue. Yeah. Is it Gabor, Gabor Monte or Gabor Monte mm-hmm. says when you look at addictions, it's not that there's some crazy problem with your brain. It is simply an attempt to self-soothe. It just unfortunately isn't a strategy that works for long-term happiness and health, but we can 100% have compassion for if that's all you know, and that's the way that you figured out is the quickest and fastest way to stop feeling miserable, well, then of course it makes sense. But what we do want to acknowledge is what you said, that these people aren't more disciplined people. We tell ourselves that lie, that like, I'm just somebody, I just have no control over myself. Oh, yeah? Do you grope every good-looking person that you pass by? Probably not. Do you steal everything that you want? Probably not. So you actually do have tremendous self-control, and you telling yourself that a cookie has massive control over your life is simply a thought that you're buying into, and it is not helpful. So that is what can help is to start identifying what it is that thought before you do the habit that you don't want to do, because almost always it's something like, oh, well, that's going to be so good. If you're hook, line, and sinker into that, then it's going to be really hard to resist that thing. If like my whole entire existence is wrapped around bread. Okay, well, I mean, good luck giving up the bread then if that's what you're going to continue to tell yourself. However, if on your tombstone you wanted to say, here lies Amanda, she sure did love a French loaf. Then we can start reworking those thoughts. The other thing that was incredibly eye-opening to me is that when I'm intentional about my time and when I make decisions ahead of time, then it's so much easier than just relying on yourself to make the right decision because in the moment, and especially later on during the day, you have less energy for willpower. And once you're exhausted, then you're more in your primitive brain, which is motivated by seek pleasure, avoid pain, and use as little energy as possible. Seek pleasure. Go eat the cookies. Go drink the wine. You'll get a massive dopamine hit. It makes sense. Avoid pain. For sure, let's not go exercise, right? And then use as little energy as possible, cozying up on the couch and streaming Netflix is a natural tendency. You just have to recognize that and on purpose use the most intentional part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, which means have a plan going into the day rather than just expecting yourself to make all the right decisions when you're not in your prefrontal cortex. Time blocking and deciding, like, for instance, if you're doing and like, if you want to stop overeating, then it really is going to be important to have some sort of at least rough framework of what you are going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to. Because in the moment, you will have a primitive brain override and it's going to be real difficult to make those decisions in the moment. So what that would look like. If you are drinking two bottles of wine every night, you don't want to keep drinking two bottles of wine every night. You would start by saying, tomorrow, I'm going to drink two bottles of wine. You would not say, I'm going to drink one glass of 
then like your brain is going to reject that. So you're going to say, tomorrow I'm going to drink two bottles of wine, no more. And then the next day, you might back it down by one glass. I'm going to drink one and three quarters bottles of wine. But you're going to practice keeping that promise to yourself in a way that you're planning ahead, but it's still doable because it's what you're already doing and you just can back it down slowly. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Dr. Risa E. Lewis dropping in to tell you about a book that Dr. Adara Landry and I wrote. It's called Microskills, Small Actions, Big Impact. It's a business self-help book coming in 2024 by HarperCollins. Pre-order now, Microskills, Small Actions, Big Impact, wherever you buy your books. Yeah, it's just so much more important to have self-integrity instead of continually to prove to yourself that you can't trust yourself. Just echoing that sometimes, and these aren't really thought errors, but we bring a lot of drama into this situation. And yes, self-sabotage, but the drama around our thoughts with this, like some of our clients like, I'll never, like I always fall off the wagon or I always fail at this, or I've tried to lose weight for 20 years and I've never been successful. There's just so much drama that we relive. Like yesterday was yesterday. This is a habit you've brought to this situation today and you need to look forward. So that identity was in the past. You're now identifying as someone who wants to blank, right? So, so we start making our thoughts frame around going forward. Drop the drama and let's make small steps in the let's make progress, right? And we're not identifying with that failure or that personality of the past, right? That was another thing that we constantly see. We bring it in ourselves, all the drama. And the second part to that is when we are trying to start to make a habit, just like Laura said, you say, I'm going to do this and that self-integrity is important. But one of the biggest excuses I think everyone can relate is, I don't even have time. Like that was mm-hmm. my excuse. I don't have time to, duh. I don't have, I don't even have time to do the work or do the intentionality for the thing. <laughs> okay. Yep. Then w- you're in a position where you're saying, I have to lose weight or I have to change this. But then your thought is, I don't have time for this. Right. And so it's really getting to the point where. I don't have time for this is a very common excuse we get. Okay, so wait and either A, wait until you are ready. Like you can get your thought around this. You're reframing your thoughts and you're ready to do the work or you decide that, okay, that's not working for me anymore. So today I don't have time is not going to be in my vocab anymore because it's this important. And you have to decide. So it is that self-integrity, but it's really examining where that's coming from. I don't have time. Okay, that's perfectly fine. When that stops working for you, let's revisit. I mean, we tell this to our clients all the time. You're allowed to have those thoughts, but it hasn't worked so far because the habit that you're looking to keep and make and change and move on from, is just not happening yet. And not having enough time, it's one of well, those things that contributes to the self-sabotage. Yeah. And just watch what you're programming yourself with. 
I don't have enough time. That is not a motivating statement to find the time. You will never find the time if you don't start somewhere. And number two, don't have time for what? A two-hour elite athlete workout? Or you're saying you're not counting anything. That's that all or nothing thinking that trips so many of us up. There are four-minute Tabatas that are on TikTok, for example, where you just literally do four minutes. Are you telling me that there's not even four minutes? You can't run in place one minute. And that's what we're saying, like to establish an identity as an exerciser could mean that you jog in place one minute, right? I don't have time for what? Going from zero to 1,000? Yeah, I agree. That's going to be super tough. Right. And giving yourself credit for what you do. So like mine was as easy as saying, okay, when I work on shift, I looked at my watch and I do 12,000 steps, right? But there was a goal I had. And so I just said, okay, I'm going to shoot for 14,000 steps on my work shift days and then just make sure I get at least 7,000 steps on my non-work days, right? I identify as a walker. I'm getting steps in. I, I joke a lot. I'm getting my steps in. I'm getting my steps in. So that was that tiny. I integrated it already into what I do. I have shifts two, three times a week. And when I'm not on shift, then I'm just mindful of getting up. I'm going to go take out the trash, come back, then get the boxes, go take those out and come back, whatever it is. But I already identified where and I could just incorporate it with things I already do. And number two, I gave myself credit. So I got 13,500 on a shift. Sweet. I got close. Like tomorrow, I'm just going to go check on two more patients. I'll get those 500 steps or whatever it is. But really incorporating it into what I was already doing. And like I said, identifying as getting my steps in, like I, that's what I did. And then you move on from there. But it, it is a part of like, there's literature. We've said this on our podcast, 11 minutes. 11 minutes is significant. High intensity or a combination of weight training, brisk walk, 11 minutes is even significant or looking at long-term health, longevity and decreased mortality. So there's literature out at 11 minutes. Even easier. How could one minute not be better than zero minutes? Right. right. But yet we give ourselves no credit. But then back to your quote, disciplined people are better at structuring their lives in a way that does not require heroic willpower and self-control. One of the examples in the book is the lady realized that it might just be putting your exercise clothes on or hailing the cab. As long as she could make herself hail the cab, she knew that she was going to the workout facility and would get it done. So really, her only decision that day was to hail the cab. Or maybe you lay your exercise clothes out. If you tend to just lounge around in your pajamas for the first five hours of the day, maybe it's as easy as setting the clothes out right next to your bed so that you go ahead and have the inertia behind you to go ahead and do the thing that you want to do. Maybe you want to start flossing. And so you stick it next to your coffee dispenser. So maybe you just like do the quick little flossing apparatus thing right before you have your coffee. Anything like that is going to tie it to something that you're already doing. That's all we're looking for you to do is get on the ladder of success. You don't have to go high. We just want you on the ladder of success. So make it as easy as possible. What's the minimum amount that you know you can do every day and give yourself credit and celebrate it? Yeah. So one of the other books that we love is Tiny Habits by B.J. Fogg. And I love a couple of his examples. 
he wanted to start flossing. He didn't. He wasn't a flosser. He started by flossing one tooth at a time. You could talk yourself into flossing one tooth. He's big on anchoring it with something else you're already doing. So every time he goes to pee, he does a couple of push-ups, at least two, but sometimes 50. So over time, that really adds up. But his flossing one tooth cracks me up. This is something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, and I I just want to get your advice on this. I finished reading a book called The Perfectionist Guide to Losing Control, and she talks about a flavor of perfectionism is process perfectionism. So it's not only that I do the right thing eventually, everything leading up to that needed to be right, including my thoughts. And so I sometimes, even if I end up making the right choice, I'm mad, sad, frustrated, shaming myself that I had the thought that I just wanted to sit and watch Netflix. Well, wow, what a lazy thing. Even if I didn't do it, that's a lazy person's thought. Do you guys see this with your clients or does that resonate at all? And like, what's your advice for getting tripped up about I still have these bad thoughts. I mean, part of it is just going to be, we have to go accept ourselves as the human beings that we are. And our brains are going to do random things. And the sooner we accept the humanity, the more successful we actually are at achieving our goals. Because when we're constantly shaming ourselves, it sends us in the opposite direction. And what is it underneath all of that? Like, what are we so afraid of? What is going to go so wrong if we do think something different or if our process isn't perfect? What if we don't even achieve our goal? What is it that we're really afraid of? And if we get down to it, a lot of times we're afraid of being cast out. We're afraid of being rejected by others. And this is our primitive brain acting up. Back a long time ago, getting cast out meant you were going to die. And that is really what our primitive brain is doing a lot of the time, trying to keep us alive. And it doesn't make sense in modern society. We are not going to die. We're not going to die if we fail at something. We're not going to die if we sit on the couch and watch Netflix instead of doing our exercise. We're not going to die if we don't get the fellowship we want or our paper doesn't get accepted for publication, we are not going to die. We're going to be just fine. But our brains don't believe that. And it really does trip us up. Well, other thing too is like, of course your brain wants to watch Netflix. That's part of the motivational triad of expending very little energy and getting that nice little dopamine hit from television. Of course it does. But you are also not your thoughts. So you don't need to berate your brain. Your brain's just acting like a human brain. Having compassion for that, we like to call it a toddler with a knife, right? It's just trying to help you conserve energy and get some dopamine. That sounds legitimate, right? But you can take that knife away. Having self-compassion is going to get you a lot farther than berating yourself. However, your brain will offer up that this is how we got to our successful level in the first place. This is how you got to the level despite your primitive brain and despite your self-flagellation, can you imagine how much you could accomplish if you had your own back and you encouraged yourself? Like that would be, I mean, I don't even know what we could accomplish. 
Wow. I think that is a wonderful way to end the podcast. Just really letting people sit with that. What could you accomplish? How could you feel if you let the shame go? If you truly believed you were worthy? And if you're struggling with that, what's behind it? And these are big questions. All of us here have been coached. All of us here are coaching people. So if you're hearing this going, I don't even know where to start. Could somebody reach out and chat with you? Absolutely. At our website, we offer free what we call physician wellness triage. Like it's just a a space to experience what coaching is like and get a little bit off your chest. And it's amazing how fantastic it works and how much better people can feel just after a brief 30 minute consult. So that is always an option. And we have some CME courses and coaching available on our website as well at www.thewholephysician.com. And I think that's the message I want to leave people with is this is hard stuff. And all of us are in the messy middle of 40s plus living. And this is that time where Brene Brown says the universe grabs you and holds on to you and says, no, I'm not messing around. Like you can get it together. But she doesn't. She's having around. And I agree. And the power of coaching, all of us, whether it's revitalized TWP, there's different options out there that make it really accessible. So stop going at it alone. And while we mentioned some fabulous books and definitely pick up the book, read a book. It's great. But I am also asking the audience, how many times have you read the book and you've actually done the thing? There's a reason that there's this disconnect. There's a reason that professional athletes have coaches. And so maybe this year, try something different. Drop the resolution, start a habit, and get a coach. I would also offer, too, as strategic partners of Revitalize, if you're a high-achieving woman, having that network, because part of the problem is we think we're the only ones that are having these thoughts. But we've talked to enough people now that you are very normal to have a human brain that's acting like a human brain. So being able to connect with other people going through the same stuff. And sometimes our workplaces aren't a place where we can be vulnerable. So having some place that you can't... That's key because that is ultimately the first step in becoming your authentic self. I love that. Absolutely. Well, this has been just the best way to spend my morning and think about what habit I want in this new year. And I'm so glad to have you all as friends and part of Revitalize and know that I can message any of you and, and get some advice when I inevitably have a thought air, probably going to have one in about probably 15 minutes. Dr. Brains. Dr. Brains are especially good at it. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Revitalizing Doctor, a project of Revitalize Women Physician Circle. Our mission is to connect women physicians and allies through innovative, value-based coaching methods that align trust, support, accountability, and skill development to ignite the courage and clarity necessary to take bold actions, create change, and thrive. 
If you're interested in working with us, check out our website at peoplealwayshcc.com slash revitalize or email us at revitalizemm.info at gmail.com. This podcast represents the views of our host and guest. It does not reflect the views of any institution we work for or with.